Hey, this is Thomas Q. Jones, former UVA All-American running back, and you're listening to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Wahoo-wah. Welcome to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. I am Chris Graham, and we're back after taking a few days off because my man Jerry Ratcliffe was under the weather, and he's feeling better. But when you hear Jerry's voice here in a second, you, you, you might wonder, Jerry, I hope you're feeling better, buddy. Yeah, feeling a lot better, Chris. <clears throat> Doesn't exactly sound like it, but uh, <laughs> pretty much back to normal again. It was uh, last uh, Thursday. I was down and out for sure, no question. But I bounced back. Feel feel really good. Well, if you have to be down and out, at least it's during the uh, preseason of football. Uh, the season is just uh, as we're recording this nine days away. The start of the twenty twenty two regular season, September third, Richmond coming to. Scott Stadium to play Virginia, and um, it's the last week of training camp because uh, after this week, uh, things shift and focus to game week preparations for Richmond, and so, um, Jerry, uh, a couple opportunities this week to catch up with uh, with uh, the, the guys, the, guys. Uh, the coaches, and some players. Uh, what is the general sentiment uh, around camp as uh, camp is, is winding down? Well, as you might imagine, Chris, they're very excited. Uh I think they're tired of hitting each other. They want to hit somebody in a different color uh, uniform. And um, I think they can't wait until uh, they get the kickoff. In fact, um, the media was invited to practice Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday this week. Um, And all of a sudden, this afternoon, they, they decided that they're going to close off Friday because they're going to use that as a game day rehearsal. Uh, so I'm. A, sounds like that they're uh, already in uh, in game mode and ready for Richmond. But uh, I'm sure they will uh, focus more on the Spiders during game week. But uh, I'd, I'd say they're getting their focus pretty narrowed right now. So lots of questions still about this team, and we really won't know. I'm not even sure if we'll know after the Richmond game. Um, some, 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 uh, somewhat there. The offensive line is a big question. The, uh, the, the running backs, um, defense in general, and special teams as well. I mean, the the two units that are pretty set for this this team is the the quarterback uh, position, certainly with Brennan Armstrong, the wide receivers, but lots of questions elsewhere for uh, Tony Elliott and his staff. Yeah. Um... Every time we talk to an offensive coach or an offensive player, I think over the past couple of weeks, they were lamenting how the they haven't really been healthy on the offensive line. They've had guys out with either illnesses or get, getting nicked up. Uh, haven't had the really the same offensive line hardly two days in a row throughout camp because of, of all those issues, but. And and then we learned um, last, I guess earlier this week, that Jonathan Leach, one of the big tackles, um, has an arm issue. His arm showed up with his arm in a cast and will miss, uh, I think, two weeks. So uh, he won't play against Richmond. And um, who knows about the following week at Illinois. But uh, other than that, I, I think they have a decent idea of who's going to start at most of those spots. And I imagine there'll be a lot of alternating uh, in and out of, of with the offensive line. But 
running backs wise, they uh, they got Ronnie Walker Jr. back. Don't know if he'll be ready for Richmond. Um, and then they lost uh, Ahmad Faustin, the uh, sophomore, I guess sophomore from Georgia, uh, and uh, with a torn ACL, I assume he won't be back at all this year. Uh, Mike Hollins uh, is fighting for the starting job along with um, Paris Jones, uh, who has actually looked good to the coaches during training camp. And um, so it'll be interesting to see who starts there. Cody Brown transfer from Miami is trying to learn his way, but uh, I think they like what they see in him. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I, I guess we'll see two or three guys at running back in that first game. The receivers all seem to be healthy. They all seem to be uh, ready to go. Um as well as uh, Brennan Armstrong, the quarterback. Defense, uh, it's been fairly, I think they seem to be fairly healthy throughout camp, and we'll find out more about them in that opening game. Again, I, again, like you said, I don't know how much uh, one game can reveal, but uh, we'll, we'll get a better idea anyway of, of what these guys are all about under – John Rudzinski, the new defensive coordinator, who's a no-nonsense, uh, very fundamentally sound guy. Yeah, one game against an FCS opponent, too. Nothing against Richmond, certainly. they um, uh, Richmond, back in 2016, greeted Bronco Mendenhall uh, rather rudely with a big uh, blowout win um, in, in Mendenhall's first game in Charlottesville. Um, so this Richmond program certainly has a history of, of competing well in these games, but um, uh, you know, I, I, I called it last week, uh, Jerry, John Rosinski, the defensive coordinator, you mentioned him and, and yeah, the defensive side of the ball seems pretty healthy. He was concerned. It seemed like after one of the practices last week about the slow starts of his defense in practice, you know, the various drills and, and that kind of thing. And I picked up on that and noted that last season, slow starts were an issue for this defense too. And there's a lot of holdover from last year. Uh, and so, um, you know, that, that's got to be a concern there. You know, the, the Carolina game, for example, last year, Carolina scored 21 points, had 200 plus yards offense. BYU had 21 points, 200 plus yards offense. Uh, this defense, uh, you know, with so many holdovers, uh, had a history of, of, of those slow starts. And uh, Rosinski seems to be worried about that maybe being an issue again this year. Yeah. And, you know, you really can't afford for that to happen. You don't want to have the opponent set the tone for you early in the game, especially if you're having trouble stopping them. Uh, so I'm sure that's something he's going to focus on, laser focus on for week from Saturday gets here. But, yeah, they can't afford that kind of uh, start where they fall behind early and, and just set a bad – tone for the rest of the game and and try to play catch up that puts a lot of pressure on Armstrong and the offense it's, it's almost like uh wow if we're giving up points early it's almost like hey we got to score every time we're out there to to make up for that and that's that's the kind of pressure you want to try to avoid anytime but particularly early in the season looking for a great dining experience in Charlottesville look no further than the Aberdeen Barn 
The barn has been family owned and operated since 1965, with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's Big Time Steakhouse. Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the Sportsman's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize, surrounded by flat screen televisions tuned to the latest sporting events. You never know who you might bump into at the Aberdeen Barn, where all the greatest Cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times. Check it out online at AberdeenBarn.com or call 434-296-4630. You know, so, uh, I'm going to now go to Lavelle Davis Jr., uh, who was back this year after missing last year with an ACL, and it's interesting uh two years ago when he debuted and you noted this in a story you wrote this week two years ago when he debuted we didn't it was the COVID year we we certainly didn't have access to practice and 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 all of a sudden we're sitting in you know watching the game and there's this big kid (laughs) lining up a wide receiver and and doing all these great things and you know with him having been out last year it's almost like (laughs) that again because you know the the offense that the receivers put up such great numbers last year and now you're putting Lavelle Davis Jr. back in the mix um, he's, he's yet again, somehow this big six, seven guy with speed is another, once again, is a secret weapon for this Virginia offense. Yeah. I, I pointed out in a column this week that I'll, I'll never forget his debut against Duke uh, opening game of the season. And they kept throwing at this big freshman in the first half and they weren't completing. And we were wondering, well, what, why are they trying to get the ball to this guy? <laughs> We found out pretty quickly in the second half, particularly with in the fourth quarter, he scored two touchdowns, and one, one of them were, was rather spectacular. But and he showed us why the rest of the year. But um, the one thing I remember about Bronco saying about Lavelle Davis all the time was, "Well, he's six foot seven; he's always open." And there's a lot of truth to that. And uh, the fact that he is athletic and can jump doesn't hurt either, particularly against some of the matchups he'll get. But uh, I would I would hate to be a secondary trying to figure out how to stop Lavelle Davis, uh, Keaton Thompson, Billy Kemp Jr., Dontavian Wicks, and, and the rest of the receivers that they're going to throw out there. Uh, I mean, just stopping any combination of two guys would be a challenge, but uh, you've got four plus, and uh, there's there's some other guys that are really good receivers. We're going to find out about that, that haven't really made names for themselves yet. But uh, gosh, can you imagine trying to figure out how to stop all those guys? You you can't cover them all. There's there's just no way. You you don't have that many good defensive backs. Yeah, and if you if you double one of those guys, and there's three guys you you could double. I mean, and that's not even counting Billy Kemp. Uh, Billy Kemp's a good slot, a really good slot receiver. But you could easily say if you're a defensive coordinator, okay, we need to double Lavelle Davis, or we need to double Dontavian Wicks because he's so you know so fast, or or uh, Keaton Thompson. He's got the combination of size and speed. Um, so we, maybe we want to put uh, a linebacker underneath uh, a safety over top, whatever you want to do there with with coverage. Um, but if you do that, you're leaving open the running game. You're leaving open those you know, the other receivers get single coverage. I mean, yeah, uh, it's it's rare for a team to have two guys like that, and this Virginia offense has three guys like that. So that's a that's a really nice uh, a really nice plus for Des Kitchings. Uh, I'm sure uh, you know if he can figure out the offensive line, 
uh, issues. Uh, that that's a that's a great way to game plan there. Yeah, no question about it. And um, uh, one thing I think Virginia fans should be aware of is, and I, I know they talk a they've talked a lot about establishing the run, and they certainly are serious about that. They want to have a reliable running game, but one thing you got to remember that the modern offensive coordinators consider some of the short passing game of the past as part of their running game now, instead of the old green Bay sweeps and, and some of that stuff that we used to see now they're just little lateral throws uh, to the edge and, and bubble screens and things of that nature. So uh, don't discount that as, as not part of the, Virginia's running attack because you're going to see a lot of that I think this year as well yeah you may have to uh with with uh especially with the issues up front at least early in the season um special teams uh you know it's the third part of the game and fans don't think about it a lot unless something bad happens if there's a bad snap or a bad hold or certainly a you know a shanked punt or a missed field goal or a fumbled punt or a kickoff um you know, aside from Billy Kemp, the fourth, who uh, is, is, you know, solid back there, veteran back there uh, as a punt returner, what do special teams look like this year for Virginia? Well, we haven't been privy to see a whole lot of it. Uh, I guess we'll learn a lot about that as we go along. But uh, uh, I think they've been trying to be fairly help, uh, careful with Billy Kemp because of the leg injury he sustained back at the end of the season. Um, but they've been using him, uh, obviously in, in for returns and they've had some other guys, I think, uh, Keaton Thompson and, uh, it's been used some in that a couple other guys, um, just experimenting, trying to find some people that they can rely on because uh, with them, it, it seems like, uh, ball protection is, is the big deal that, they don't want to turn over any punts or kickoffs because of fumbles or bobbled balls or any of that stuff. So they're looking for people with good hands more than anything first. They can secure the ball and not turn it over. Um, I, there may be some people back there we, we're not even – we don't even know that much about yet at this point who's been getting some work. Because we, again, we we haven't been privy to all that. Um, in terms of uh, the kicking part of the game, Brendan Farrell and Daniel Sparks, the kid who transferred in from um, Western Michigan, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, they've been they've been battling for uh, the various kicking responsibilities, and and even though. Tony Elliott says he's not opposed to having the same guy handle all three chores, kickoffs, uh, place kicking, kicking and punting. He'd rather have it divided up because if, if one guy gets hurt and he does all three of those, then you're in a bind. So you're having to depend on somebody that uh, maybe isn't quite as accustomed to handling all that as, as the one guy. So, uh, I, I'd be surprised if they don't come out with at least two guys handling all those kicking chores. So, um, uh, again, tomorrow, Friday, we're recording this on Thursday. Tomorrow, Friday, uh, Virginia will have a closed 
game day rehearsal basically for next week. And then of course, yeah. next week, the attention turns completely to game day. Um, I wanted to ask you about NFL guys. And you had a, a column with, with lots of names uh, that Virginia fans would be familiar with. So I don't know if it'd be fair to ask you about all these guys, but there are quite a few recent UVA players who are fighting for NFL roster spots, uh, including a couple guys. I'm, as I'm reading through this, that I'm a little surprised to see that they're they're fighting for a roster spot still. So some good some good news perhaps for some some of these guys. Uh, who do you want to talk about in sense of in the sense of uh, these guys who are trying to you know earn a job coming up here in a couple of weeks uh, in the NFL? Yeah, my son Scott actually wrote that story, okay. and uh, he wrote it. Uh, that's his. I think he's going to do that. You tweak through the season as update okay. Virginia fans on uh, <clears throat> NFL personnel, and, and uh, he's gotten a lot of uh, great reaction to those stories. Uh, I know that uh, defensive back Tim Harris uh, didn't make the cut. He, he was released by the Buffalo Bills last Tuesday, which was somewhat of a surprise. He was. People remember him from the class of 2018. Um, and uh, it's kind of a surprise to, to see him go. Um, Charles Snowden's trying to hang uh, hang tight with the Chicago Bears. Uh, he's been playing uh, a little bit in their preseason games. Uh, I guess nobody's playing a lot in the preseason games, but uh, for the most part, uh, Joey Blount, uh, Blunt, excuse me, uh, had a nice game for the Seahawks, Seahawks uh, this past weekend. Uh, I think he was in on 24 snaps. And uh, maybe we can get an update from him, uh, from Ray Roberts, uh, who will probably be on our podcast soon. Um, Ray is now doing some TV work with the Seahawks out there in Seattle. Uh Bryce Perkins obviously had a, a great game two weeks ago. He's trying to win that number two backup uh, quarterback job with the Rams uh, behind Matthew Staff Stafford, and uh, he's battling John Wolford, who he's been battling for over two years now, trying to uh, keep his roster spot. Uh, he didn't play quite as much this past week, but uh, was played the whole game the week before and threw two touchdown passes, and I think maybe ran – for a touchdown and uh, did a really nice job. Um, a lot of people were surprised that uh, Devontae Cross ended up signing uh, a training camp bill with uh, Green Bay as a safety. He played uh, a little bit against the Saints Friday night. Uh, he had a tackle, a solo tackle. Uh, had 15 snaps on the night, so he got his first taste of the NFL. Wide receiver Rashawn Henry, who really came on strong here at the end of last season, um, had a catch for the Carolina Panthers in, in their loss to New England. Uh, Jelani Woods has really been opening a lot of eyes, a big tight end uh, with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he had 19 snaps on offense and nine snaps on special teams. And uh, they really love him. I, I think he's going to end up playing a lot for them before the season's over. Um, and uh, I, I think there's some openings there for him. Uh, Rodney McLeod, who played here and 
all the way back in 2011. It was on the, uh, uh, the Rams and the Eagles, I think, with Chris Long for a while. Uh, didn't play this past week, uh, but he's battling for a job. Uh, also with the Colts. Uh, Juan Thornhill. A lot of people loved Juan when he was here. The one and only uh, back in 18. Played against the Commanders. It's hard to say that uh, after all these years of Redskins. But uh, he played a little bit Saturday. Should, shouldn't have any trouble locking on still with the, the Kansas City Chiefs. Joe Reed has uh, gotten uh, some action uh, with the Chargers. He had a touchdown in their opening preseason game. Uh, I, he played a little bit against the Cowboys last weekend. Returned a couple of kickoffs, uh, didn't have a catch. And uh, Andrew Brown, who a lot of people have forgotten about, is uh, competing for a spot on that Rams defensive line. Uh, Ant Harris uh, didn't play in the Eagles game against the Browns on Sunday, but he's expected to start at safety, so he's not worried <clears throat> about his playing time at all. Uh, Eric Smith. Uh, my old DAP buddy that we used to uh, kid around in the media room, but people thought I was too old. I didn't know what a DAP was. And so Eric uh, used me as his DAP model, and we uh, would DAP a little bit there, and people got a kick out of that. But he's uh, that was back in 2016, and he's, uh, he's with the Giants on their roster trying to find a spot at uh, right tackle. He played a lot against uh, the Bengals on Sunday, 45 snaps. And so uh, I think they're giving him a really good look to see if he can claim one of the positions. Uh, Morgan Moses, a lot of people remember him from 2013 and Fork Union Military Academy as well. Uh, he's been around for nine years in the NFL and uh, he's with the Ravens. Uh, he doesn't have anything to worry about. He didn't play against the Cardinals Sunday, but they know what he can do, so there's no need to wear him out in the preseason. Uh, Brent Urban, 2013, uh, made a couple of tackles and uh, also uh, Tony Poljohn, the tight end before Jelani, uh, had a couple of snaps. And special teams, they're both on the trying to make roster spots on the uh, Ravens team. And uh, one, of, one of the guys that we used to love to watch, Lamade uh, uh, Zacchaeus, who uh, holds Virginia's all time receiving record in terms of uh, receptions. Back uh, in 2018, has stuck with the Atlanta Falcons ever since. Uh, he had a catch against the Jets Monday night, 13-yard uh, touchdown reception from Marcus Mariota. And he actually beat his former UVA teammate, uh, Bryce Hall, uh, on that play. So, so somebody... I laughed. Somebody made it. It was a Cavalier on Cavalier crime. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I think he's uh, he's in good shape 
expected to start for the Falcons uh, this season and uh, has shown how his persistence and work ethic has helped out that he learned from Marcus Higgins. Um, there's another guy, uh, Chris Glazer, who off of last year's team, who uh, signed a, uh, a a deal in training camp, or uh, yeah, in training camp, and uh, he uh, got a little action this weekend as well with the Jets. He's trying to keep his job and and not get cut. So that's a, that's a pretty good wrap up of all the UVA guys in the NFL at this point. Quite a few. Quite a uh, few, yeah. Continue to dot the rosters of pro teams around the country. I love this feature. Uh, and so I'm glad to see that Scott's doing this. Uh, and also what I love about this, if you go to the website, jerryradcliffe.com, not only is there this long rundown with what these guys are all doing, but also the schedule for the upcoming week um, also gives you the indication of which Virginia players are playing for which teams. And so, and, and, and Scott also provides where you can watch the game, at least if it's on an NFL network. And I think that's just really neat because, you know, there's, there's so many alums out there uh, that it can be hard. Hey, I'm flipping the game one. I wonder who's in this game. Well, if you go to the site, um, you'll get the information right there. You'll know that, for example, tonight, Green Bay at Kansas City on the NFL Network at 8 o'clock. It's uh, Devontae Cross uh, in Green Bay on the Green Bay side and, of course, Juan Thornhill on the Kansas City side. So you can go down the line there and just kind of figure out uh, who we should be rooting for <laughs> or at least watching for uh, those names from past years. Exactly. I, I, I got to give Scott a huge shout-out for um, being innovative in his thinking about that. Uh, like you said, it not only does it give you the, this week's entire – schedule with UVA players and where you can watch them and what time and what network. But uh, he's come up with some some brilliant charts as well with uh, <clears throat> our football commitments. Anytime we have a story about a commitment, he has a uh, chart at the bottom of the story that will list the commitments further from, whether the three stars or whatever, um, the whole info on those guys. And uh, another thing that he's done that's, gotten just tons of uh, praise from our readers is um, a basketball recruiting chart of who uh, on any recruiting story about UVA basketball, there's a chart at the bottom and it will give you uh, for the entire 2023 class and 2024 class who Virginia is looking at, whether they've been offered um uh, whether they visited, when they will visit or plan to visit, uh, and all kinds of information about them uh, that will help you keep track of, of all those offers that are out there on the table. And there's there's quite a few, and uh, some guys will be making decisions sometime in the next month or two. So you can keep uh, keep ahead of the game by paying attention to those charts. Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store. As a lifelong runner, the pain in my feet was debilitating. Finally, I went into the Good Feet Store and found the answer personally fit art supports. They helped me so much, I ran my first marathon that year. Then, because I believed in the Good Feet system so much, I bought the store. I'm so happy to offer my hometown community the opportunity to find relief from foot, knee, and back pain. The Goodfeet Store is located in the shops at Stonefield near Trader Joe's. Book your appointment today at goodfeet.com.
UVA Orthopedics and Sports Medicine boast one of the finest teams of doctors in the country, and they're right here in Charlottesville to not only provide care for the University of Virginia athletic teams, but also the Charlottesville and Central Virginia communities. UVA Orthopedics has been a proud sponsor of the Jerry Ratcliffe Show for the past two years, with numerous team members featured in weekly segments where doctors share great insight into various sports injuries, what causes them, how to treat them, and recovery time. Their team of experts are there for you and offer the best care to solve your health problems and get you back on your feet. Let their team of specialists get you back in the game. Hey, they're great. It's great, informative, and really, really quick and, and easy to access. Hey, since we're talking recruiting, uh, a couple basketball recruiting notes. Let's go over those maybe real quick. And I'll let you do both at one time. Stojakovic uh, uh, and Crosby, two guys that have been uh, talked about a lot in relation to Virginia recruiting for the class of 2023. What's the latest on those two guys? Yeah, um, get my note out here. Uh, Crosby uh, seems like a guy that they have a really good shot at. He's a 6'5 shooting guard from Raleigh, North Carolina, although he grew up in Richmond. So he considers himself that Virginia's home state. He's just playing in Raleigh uh, at Word of God Christian Academy. Yeah, he's class of 2023. Um, he recently narrowed his list of seven schools, uh, Virginia, Tennessee, LSU, Auburn, Alabama, Wake Forest and NC State. He eliminated 10 other schools he had offers from, including Virginia Tech. Um, he's um, he's considered a, a top 175 uh, national recruit by a 247 composite, uh, the number 31 shooting guard in the country and the number eight overall prospect at any position in the state of North Carolina, which has uh, seemed to be pretty pretty loaded with talent this year. Uh, so he's uh, he's starting to uh, look closer at where he may end up. Um, I think he visited already. I'm not sure. I have to, I have to go look in, at that chart <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and find out. But let me check here real quick. Uh, he's a, a three-star by um, a couple of services and a four-star. He's visiting Virginia uh, at the end of this week, actually, uh, or, uh, yeah, August 26th, uh, which is tomorrow, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, he'll be visiting Virginia tomorrow. So uh, he may get – he may narrow that list of seven even further uh, – before the weekend's over. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe if you're listening out there, uh, check back for breaking news in case Jerry has some news to share if there's if there's any anything breaking tomorrow after his visit. Absolutely. Um, you never know with these kids. Sometimes once they're on campus and they they see what they like, uh, they might just go ahead and pull the trigger. They and, see the facilities, they see the banner hanging up there, and they say, you know what, this is for me. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, another kid, uh, he announced his top six last month, and Virginia was on that list, along with Duke, UCLA, Stanford, um, I think Oregon, and Texas. 
is uh, Andre Stil, uh, Stokovic, uh, six six small forward from California. Uh, he announced yesterday that he's going to visit Texas in early September and Oregon in mid-September. Uh, he's the son of, uh, of uh, uh, I don't know if it's Peja or Peja. I'll, I'll pronounce it for you because I, I remember Peja Stoyakovich. Yeah, okay. He was a really solid yeah. NBA player back in the day. Yeah, back in the yeah. 90s, I believe. Okay, and so his son, uh, Andre, is uh, – is the number 40 overall prospect in the class of uh, 2023. Uh, people are going crazy about him because he's he can score, he can defend, he's very athletic. Uh, he's ranked the number six small forward in the entire class and uh, number nine prospect in the state of California. Uh his dad was, uh, as as you remember, Chris was a former NBA All Star and uh, NBA champion. Oh yeah, uh, long career in the NBA. I'm looking here, like 15, 16 years. He was a 17 point per game scorer throughout his career. Several seasons over 20 points. So, um, if the chip falls, if it comes off the block anyway, like that, then he's he's definitely a find. And it, and it sounds like he is. It sounds like he's a, almost a carbon copy of his of his dad. And uh, he. Uh, he, he told uh, Joe Tipton from on three uh, when Tipton asked him about where Virginia stood. Uh, he said, uh, I have built a great connection with Tony Bennett and Kyle Getter, uh, UVA's assistant coach, who's recruiting really well out there. Uh, and they've talked about the winning culture and with Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome. Plus, he's impressed about the academics. Uh, most of his family are still in uh, Europe. And so uh, it's important to him that uh, he doesn't go too far away, I think, even though he's he lives on the West Coast now. Um, he wants his family to be able to, to see him uh, when they can. And so... Obviously, it would be easier if he's living on the East Coast playing at Virginia than on the West Coast and playing at Stanford or UCLA. So, uh, hopefully, they can uh, wriggle him into uh, in making a commitment. So, the, that's that's hasn't been a lot of basketball recruiting news um, in the last week or two, but it'll probably heat up uh, here in the next week or two would be my guess. And um, uh, uh, the one one kid that they do have, Blake Buchanan, I think the new rankings came out and he, his stock jumped dramatically in those rankings. I think he jumped like, I don't know, 50, 70 spots or something like that. I, I think it was 100. And he also went from a three-star to a four-star. I mean, yeah. you know, his, his final two college choices were UVA and Gonzaga. So you knew that Whatever, whatever the star system said, those two coaches uh, knew what they were looking at there. And yeah, he's, you know, maybe that maybe that helps influence the Raiders too, though. You know, hey, well, if if you if Mark Few and Tony Bennett want him, he's probably a four star. You would think so. I mean, <laughs> they they don't go after sliced liver. So um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and and you know everything we read about him from summer ball, it, it was 
highly predictable. He was his stock was going to climb soar if nothing else because he was putting up big numbers against good competition in in these summer games. And uh, Tony and Mark Few saw something in him that obviously a lot of people didn't. And so, in um, Tony, we trust, right? That's right. That's right. Um, one last basketball note, uh, since we didn't get to do a podcast last week, uh, Virginia's trip to Italy wrapped up, uh, with a three and one record. And, you know, the one is not so bad. They, they were, that, that team, they were playing KK mega basket, lots of talent on that team. There's a, a guy who is projected top, uh, maybe lottery pick next year's in, in next year's NBA draft. There were several NBA scouts in attendance for both games. And I think that Tony Bennett probably deep down says, you know, losing the, the first game against KK Mega Basket on Thursday last week by 19 points um, was not so bad because it, 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 ma- it gave his team a sense of where they stood. 24 hours later, they come back and win in double overtime against that same team with, with a roster that uh, the way Tony was doing things, he was sitting three guys out each game. He sat out three of his starters, Armand Franklin, uh, Caden Shedrick, uh, Jaden Gardner. Young guys got a lot of time, and, and they beat that team in the second game. So – I'm sure Tony, we you know, has, has got to be elated by the fact that the team was able to uh, overcome that obstacle and, and win on Friday. Yeah, I agree. And uh, the, the fact that there were three freshmen on the floor for a lot of that at crunch time uh, was huge. And uh, Kihei Clark obviously dominated. That other team had – the Serbian team had no answer for Kihei uh, – white knuckle time so to speak and he I, I saw a couple of highlights where he was dribbling circles around those guys and and then driving in for the layups that uh, make some Wahoo fans cringe when yeah, he does. You know, the only thing missing from those highlights were was like the sweet Georgia Brown playing he was he was like, he was like the Harlem Globetrotters out there running around those guys he really did and uh <laughs> I, he they were, looked like they were dizzy trying to keep up with him but he he had some uh, huge baskets and uh, controlled the pace of the game there and got it to the right people at the right time. And uh, those freshmen uh, didn't back off at all. Isaac Trout played well throughout that uh, trip. And I think he's going to be a force to deal with this, this year for sure. Um, the, the other guys did well too. McNeely hit some uh, big – uh, three-point shots, uh, Bond and Dunn both uh, contributed. They they both have length and, and can defend. Um, and the fact they did it with those other three guys, those three of their most veteran guys on the bench the whole game has to really be encouraging, I think, to Virginia fans. And, uh, uh, gosh, I mean, it was just uh, – it said a lot that they were able to come back, like you said, in less than 24 hours and beat a team that had pounded them the night before. Um, it was just really uh, impressive that they were able to do that. And um, I thought it was uh, really cool as well that, it, that one of the guys that played well the first three games and had to set out the fourth game was uh, – Caden Shedrick, it sounded like he really came into his own on this trip, and he was putting up uh, really big numbers points-wise and rebounding-wise, and uh, 
we always knew he could block shots, but um, he he upped his productivity quite a bit, um, points and rebounds you know, on this trip. So if he can average anywhere close to that during the season, they've got another. I don't know if it's a secret weapon because he's not much of a secret anymore, but uh, they've got a weapon that they can rely on inside for sure. Well, one thing that was interesting, too, with him, I saw this on the highlights and then I um, transcribed one of the uh, postgame interviews Jeff White did with him. He talked about how he's been working in the offseason on his mid-range jumper, and he even hit a three in this, uh, in, in one of those three games. So, um, you know, that's not you don't need him to do that on a regular basis. But if he, you know, last year he was very effective, obviously. I mean, I wrote the story I wrote about was around the rim. He's like a 75% shooter, and most of his shots were around the rim. But if you have to account for him on the pick and pop, like if he sets that screen out there in the in the mover blocker, and uh, you know the, you all, the the defense overcommits to the to the mover, uh, and he's left open there 10, 12 feet, fifteen feet sometimes, like Jaden Gardner so effective. If if Shedrick can be, uh, you know, effective from that range as well, in addition to what he can do around the rim, boy, he's he's going to be hard to stop. Yeah, absolutely, and. Uh... Ben Vanderplas obviously played well also. Another weapon that they're going to be able to count on. And <clears throat> one thing that uh, jumped off the page of me was Tony Bennett getting a technical foul. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't had one since he was teed up his first year as, at Virginia. Yeah. And uh, he, he probably should have been a few times, but uh, I think people realize when Tony's complaining, he usually has a good reason because he doesn't uh, – give the referees too hard a time. But uh, this guy apparently uh, got really under uh, Tony's skin a lot in this game. And he even said, I lost my mind. <laughs> he lost his mind. He said some things he probably shouldn't have said. But, you know, it also says something. I think it was the second game. They had lost by 19 the day before to KK Mega Basket. And, you know, this is a season that coming up, obviously in, in October with practice in November when the season starting, I mean, this is a season where there's potential for this team. This team's got some weapons. And um, I think Tony really wanted that game. That's what I wrote my column after that game. He really wanted that game. He wanted to, you know, maybe have his team prove to themselves that they could compete with a really good European pro basketball team. And because uh, he doesn't do that very often. Yeah, you mentioned it. I, you know, it was the first the first season against Maryland, I think it was. He threw his coat down. And uh it's for, for him to get a technical foul in August in Italy uh, says a lot about where his competitiveness, competitiveness is right now. I agree because the, the first two games they played over there were against lesser teams. And uh, then they got hammered against the, the really good team they played. So I, I'm sure he felt like that it would have been not really a wasted trip, but because uh, it was a great educational experience as well for these kids. But, uh, it wouldn't have been a fulfilled trip had they lost their last two games to the only really good teams they played. So I think you're right. I think he could taste it and wanted it badly to prove to these guys that, hey, we can compete against a, a pro European team and on their turf, uh, no matter how bad the officiating is. <laughs> how tired their legs are. They were doing some things too. Uh, you know, like they, they walked up 243 steps up a, a church uh, to get to the top and, you know, yeah. all the, all the different things they were doing. It's not like they were resting their legs all game day. They were doing stuff and then playing basketball. So 
you know, it seemed like from, from all the accounts, a great trip for the players, for the, all the folks that were there, the coaches, coaching staff and families and everybody that went. So uh, great bonding experience. You know, Jerry, when we wrote the book about um, uh, the championship season a few years ago, uh, they didn't get to go to Europe before that season, but they did a, a really interesting bonding experience. Uh, whitewater rafting uh, in West Virginia did some, some fun stuff around that. And uh, I, I think these kind of bonding things, uh, in addition to the fact they got to practice and play some games, uh, will really will really prove beneficial for this this team this season. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that's a, a cool thing that uh, Tony believes in. And, you know, with four freshmen who could play integral roles with this team and a transfer like Vanderplas who's coming in and trying to fit in um, and six guys back who are used to having things their way uh, to welcome in almost the, the, the double amount of players who can impact your team. Uh, it, it takes some chemistry building. And I, it, it sounds like that everything I saw these guys comment upon about their trips and side trips and meals and sightseeing, et cetera, culture. Um, they all really, bonded well uh, got along together and and had a great time so uh, i think that's a very intelligent move on tony bennett's part indeed well as we wrap up the show jerry uh i, I know you want to throw out a shout out to the sponsors that make it this all possible absolutely um aberdeen barn the finest steakhouse in virginia go by and see angela and get a taste of the Aberdeen Barn atmosphere, great food, great atmosphere. Um, it's it's uh, you've, if there's if if you can get there and, and there's not a lot of people already seated at their tables. If you have an opportunity to mill around and look at some of the photos on the wall, it's like a uh, museum of Wahoo athletics. Uh, incredible photos in that place with so many memories. Uh, anybody that's ever been anybody at UVA has uh, dined there and loved their dining experience. And uh, so go by and see Angela, have a great steak. Uh, UVA Orthopedics, the great doctors over there will be talking to them uh, a little bit more as the season gets here. They are the guys that take care of your Wahoos in all the sports. And they're celebrating their new uh, state-of-the-art facility, one of the three largest, I think, in the country. Uh, UVA Orth Orthopedic Center out there on Ivy Road. You can't miss it if you're driving past. It's huge. Uh, what a great uh, building that is. And all these doctors are all under one roof, so you can get uh, incredible analysis uh, on the spot. And uh, if you'd like to learn more about that, we have a great podcast up with Dr. David Deduck, who takes you on a personal tour of the building and explains everything you have they have to offer uh also mark lorenzoni uh, uh, ragged mountain running shop uh been here since the early 80s uh take care of all your running and walking needs uh they know everything you need to know about running uh, mark is a, a coach him and his wife cynthia they can coach anybody because they both were runners and uh I guess they probably still are. Um, we'll be having him back on to talk about running news here soon. And least 
Uh, last but not least, certainly is rat is uh, excuse me. Uh, the Good Feet People, uh, our newest sponsor, and uh, what a great sponsor they are. They are just opened up their 18th store. Uh, they're in three or four states now, I think everywhere from Baltimore to Winston-Salem. They're all over Virginia and uh, the D.C. metropolitan area. Uh, they're at Stonefield in Charlottesville, right beside Burger Bach. Uh, they can take care of your feet like nobody. I, I went in there a couple of weeks ago for a fitting, had been having some uh, issues uh, with my feet. And uh, man, uh, my, my feet have never felt better since I was a young man. <laughs> that was a long time ago. So uh, incredible. I didn't know you had four arches. Your feet had four arches in them uh, each. Uh, and they, they can find uh, incredible uh aids for your feet to uh, make you feel better and walk comfortably and run comfortably. In fact, uh, Jonathan Cotton, who uh, discovered the business, uh, he was a runner and he was having a lot of problems running with his feet. And he happened to walk into the store when it was a one store deal in Richmond many, many years ago. They fixed him up and he felt like a new man immediately. And he was so impressed. He bought the company. And so now it's uh, like I said, 18 stores. I think he told me, I think they, I don't know. It might be a secret. I better not say, uh, I know where they're going to open up their next store. It's, it's a really huge city, but uh, um, go see those people. If you've got any kind of foot problems and they'll take care of you. The good feet people at Stonefield. Or if you're listening to us from around Richmond or D.C. or any of those places, Winston-Salem, uh, look up their stores there and pay them a visit. You won't regret it. Yeah, there's links on the desktop and mobile sites. You can get to get to them really easily by clicking on those. Um, and, and that would help us, too, because, hey, it, it'll show that uh, we pointed, pointed you in the right direction. So Absolutely. Hey, Jerry, your voice got better as the, day, as the show went on. I think you're, I think you're back now. I think I'm back. I think I'm, <laughs> I'm, yeah, it's 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 almost game week, man. I'm I'm ready. I got my game face on. I'm you ready to get the rust off there, but the I think the <laughs> rust is off now. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, thanks to Jerry Ratcliffe for his time, and thanks to you, the listeners, for your time. Really appreciate it. As always, go to JerryRatcliffe.com for the latest. Talk to you soon.